Welcome into the Fireside Knicks podcast. Bryce Gelman alongside Brett Hamfling. And today we have another special guest. It's Alex B of the Bad Weather Fans podcast. He's You can catch him on Twitter at Nick Central. One of the best Twitter usernames that I've seen in a really long time. I, that's insane that you got that. Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> of course. We appreciate yeah. it. Alex, so, you know, I've been following you kind of from a distance on Twitter for a little while. Um, you're one of those one of those guys, if something happens in Nick's world, um, you're going to be talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. The good, the bad. You're not afraid to mix it up with, uh, with people on Twitter, which I appreciate and respect. But we've never personally connected. Um, so kind of before we get into the basketball, can you just quickly tell us maybe just a little about your Nick's fandom? Um, kind of what type of fan you are and, and and kind of what your podcast is about. Sure, sure. Uh, well, um, I started watching when I was a kid and then, and then grew up on the 90s Knicks. Hard-nosed basketball was all about it for me. I played ball my whole life, you know, and, and I just I just loved it. And and I felt, you know, I loved football, basketball, and baseball are always my three loves. And basketball, football, like I grew up going to Jets games, season tickets my dad had. Grew up going to a couple of game Nick games, match games a year, uh, like all the time. I was always going to. My dad was a huge sports fan, and then I, you know, I grew into a lot of different things in life, and and you know now I'm doing the podcast with uh, Mike Biseglia. You know, we do. He's a Nets fan. I'm a Knicks fan. He does a couple podcasts. You know, some with Evan Roberts from WFAN, and he, you know, he just is the Nets fan and I'm the Knicks fan. We go back and forth. We talk about other New York sports as well. You know, I had a long Aaron Rodgers rant last week, two weeks ago, and, uh, you know, a few different things like that, but it's mostly Knicks and Nets. We've had a fun, a lot of fun guests on like Richard Jefferson, Evan Roberts, uh, Tracy McGrady, Chris Childs, you know, Kerry Kittles. So we're, we're trying to get out there a lot more and it's just, you know, having a lot of fun with it. So, not, you know. Yeah. And, you know, you have a Nick fan and a, and a Net fan. Obviously, Bryce and I are both Nick fans, but we're not that much different that, than that because I'm the optimistic fan. Bryce is more the pessimistic fan. So we sort of do have those two sides, except Bryce is starting to come to my side over the last couple of weeks. How could you not? How could you yeah. not, Bryce? And Alex, I'm sure that podcast has become a lot more enjoyable over these last few months for yes. you. I'm, that's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yes, ever since, you know, Durant demanded a second trade and, and Kyrie – is gone and it's been a lot more fun. And when the Knicks finally beat the Nets, I, I had a long, a lot of fun on that episode. Mike did not love it too much, but uh, I had a good time. So it's glad that the shoes on the other foot a little bit. The the Hornets lost last night, took a little bit of the bloom off the rose, but we're going out west and let's see what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to be negative. Nothing can change now anyway with the Knicks. So you might as well just ride the wave. And, and when the offseason comes, we'll talk about, you know, personnel and the coach and stuff, you know? Well, speaking of that, that Knicks loss last night, it was the first loss in nine games, well, 10 games, technically. Almost they're, a month. they're going for their 10th straight win. They lose to the worst team that they've played over that span. They lose to the Hornets 112 to 105. I, I just, listen, I, I saw this one coming. I told Brett before that I saw this coming a mile away, a trap game, 100%. This is what the Knicks do. But, hey, is there any, like, cause for concern here, or is this, this could be, you know, just a little fluke? It, it could easily be a little fluke, but the, it, it's not a big cause for concern because Brunson's been out, so I wouldn't be too scared about it. But it was could cause for concern because you're going west. And I don't care who you're playing west. When you have to go west, it's it's difficult. And you got four games on the road. You're going to, to Sacramento, which is no pushover anymore. They're top Number team in the west. And then you have a back-to-back games. I know the, the Lakers are, were without LeBron, but when you're playing back-to-back, even if it's in the same arena, it's it's difficult. Look, Nick fans are saying, oh, you can't blame the, you know, the Hornets game. They were tired. They were tired. It's just like 
they, they were off the game day before. I mean, I know they played a double overtime game, but they were off the day before. And now you're going to tell me that they're going to go into, into uh, West and back-to-backs don't matter? I think that's a bunch of crap. And then you have to end it in Portland, which is a getaway game. You're in Portland. Who the hell wants to be in Portland? And you've got your bags packed. Yeah. You're ready to go home. <laughs> you know, that can be – this can – they can lose easily lose three or four. They can also split. I'll take a split out there, you know, for sure. I think any Nick fan would. But if you lose three out of four, now that nine-game winning streak is not as, as dynamic anymore. And now you're coming home to Denver – <laughs> you know, which is not easy as well. So it could spiral out of control really fast. So that's why that Hornets game, I, I got really annoyed by that last night. A lot of fans got at me like, oh, you're waiting for that moment to, to pounce on Randall. And this, I was like, I have been praising Randall. People like to cherry pick my tweets. I have been praising, Brett, you can, you probably have seen this. I've been praising Randall the last few weeks. Like, great job. Good job. Good job. I mean, I would still trade him in the offseason, but this is, he's thank you. Really thank far. you. You're preaching let's, to the choir here, that. not with him, let's, but for me. Let's hold off. On I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same boat okay, as you. We'll I, I, I've <laughs> talked, I've talked plenty of crap about Julius Randle, but you got to give credit where credit is due. He's playing, he's playing well. So, yeah. but when he has a bad game, it, it's fair to get on top of him. For sure. Uh, Brett, yeah, for sure. It, Brett, Brett doesn't like that though. It's, it, it's as we've mentioned, it's not that I don't like it. Well, first of all, he's played well this season, and you were just trying to basically dish him for nothing. But second of all, as I say every time, we can't talk. If we're going to talk about Randall trade, we need to set aside some time. I need to clear out my schedule. I need to focus. I need to prepare. It can't just be a little throwaway. Does that that is the as good or bad or whether the ceiling's not that high with him, that is the cornerstone of the franchise right now. Right. And you're looking at an entirely different team. Um, but what I wanted to say was, Alex, yeah, you're right. This this loss and then the, the road trip. But the thing is, this team has surprised us all season in different ways, whether it's, you know, with you know, different streaks, win, win streak, back to losing streaks, the win seat streak earlier in the season. You know, they're good on the road. They're bad. Uh, they're bad at home. Um, so while this seems like, an, you know, any other Knicks team might falter on this on this West Coast streak, this is kind of a different team with a different attitude. And we'll see if it stays. I mean, this is actually as good of a test as you can have if this is a team that actually has a different mindset, um, you know, with the, insurgents, the insertion of Josh Hart and, you know, some – seems like this team is tough-minded. I feel like we're actually going to learn a lot about us this next week. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, three games ago, I tweeted out over the next 10 games are going to be like the toughest stretch that you're going to have this season. It's going to really tell a lot of where we're going to be seeding. You know, we as in the Knicks are going to be in the seeding and, and things like that. And, and they started off winning the first two. You, you figure you're going to split the Celtics and Heat, you would take that. And then they win the two and you're like, oh my God, you got the Hornets, <laughs> you lose that, you know? So it's been tough. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I forgot the overall question. I'm sorry, but so I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll take I'll take you there. Not yeah. to that question, but just kind of looking and then, you know, we we're just looking ahead, kind of looking back. What was this win streak? Was it the emergence of quickly? Was it obviously hard on the team? You know, Bronson mm-hmm. was a big part of it till he got out, but kind of overall what nine game win streak, what happened? Basically, it all clicked. I mean, it. Randall got hot. Brunson got hot, as always. And Hart was the perfect, perfect piece for that team. And then Mitchell Robinson got healthy, and it just they just took off, you know. And and they were hitting the big shots, and and it everything just went perfect. And you know, it doesn't always, you know, a lot of times in the NBA, as you guys know, it's all about that final shot, you know, in the last mm-hmm. minute or so. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes like you can be dominating the entire game, like last night with the Hornets, <laughs> you're not, you're winning pretty much the entire game. The last five six minutes, you lose it, and it's just like holy shit. But at the same time, you know, um, 
Hart has been that perfect piece. I, I didn't really love the trade because I think they botched the Cam Reddish situation altogether. And it's like you mm -hmm. gave up basically two first round picks in that whole situation. But at the end of the day, I like Josh Hart. He's playing well. I was completely wrong about his impact. I admitted that on Twitter. It, it's just he has been that perfect piece. He's that hustle guy. He's he's just he's just that guy that's going to help you. And he's going to keep you on your toes. And he's going to keep you happy, kind of exactly. like a Winston, but he actually plays. You know, So it's kind of a good piece there for him. And I think him and Mitchell Robinson taking a step and being healthy has, has helped this team so much. I love Jericho Sims, but he's very raw. He's not ready. Hartenstein has been playing better as well. That's been helping them as well. And quickly, the emergence of him has just been uh, just been amazing. Yeah, I, I think to your credit, it's everything. Like, there isn't yeah. one specific thing here. It's the fact that everyone is clicking together at the exact same time. That's what you get when you win nine games in a row. And most of these wins, they did come down to the final stretch where the Knicks were able to actually put it together run some good plays at the end of games, and win some close games. I mean, I did not expect them to win that Boston game, the second one. I mean, I just think there was no way, there was no, no chance in hell that they were going to win that game. And somehow, some way, they found a way. And I think that that, listen, because obviously we could sit right here and just be like, yeah, it's everything. It's everything. That's the one thing. It's at yeah. the end of the games. They are finally performing. This isn't a Knicks team where, well, I mean, last night we saw it, but this yeah. isn't the Knicks team that they're up, you know, 15, 16 at half. They, they, all of a sudden, by the start of the fourth quarter, they're up two or three points or they're down. Like, this is a team that actually has, has talent all around. I mean, they're incredibly deep. And the addition of Josh Hart has kept, play, like you said, kept players on their toes. And he's able to push the game. When Randall wants to walk up the court, he can't. Because Hart's catching the ball and he's running up the court. Mitch Robb is trailing constantly. Like, this is all positive. And I just hope, I hope that last night wasn't, you know. Was an aberration, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, just, yeah. But Randall also, you see it over the last two games, even the Celtics game that they won. They're, you know, the Celtics knew, he, I, I don't know if it was a fourth quarter or overtime where Rand, everybody knew Randall was taking the shot. And like four Celtics just came in on Randall and he still did his spin move in the lane. You know, when Brunson's on the floor, no matter how great quickly he's playing, they're going to leave quickly because they know Randall's not going to defer to Emmanuel quickly because Randall's got that hero ball mentality for better or for worse, <laughs> you know, and he's not mellow. Yeah. So he's just, it's, it's just like that can becomes very, very frustrating, you know? So, uh, you know, that has been tough um, on, on, on me with Randall because I know he's not that guy and I, I know he's playing well, but if you say that, then you're, you're a hater, but you know, if I praise him, then nobody sees that. So it, it just is what it is. It comes with. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still a little worried about – I am still worried about the end of the game stuff um, because this lead, when you look at it, 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 the first 45 minutes of a game are different than the last three. And the last three, you have these players in Giannis, in Steph, in Jason Tatum, um, even like the Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillards. Like you just can get buckets out of them. And Jalen Brunson has been that, which mm -hmm. is incredible at right. his size. Um but Julius Randle has not been pretty much his whole career as a Nick. Um, he obviously hit that shot versus the Heat, but he did almost fumble it out of bounds. He did turn it over the play before. We can't talk about that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, we I'm can't sorry. talk about that. He didn't do that. that didn't but, so that is a concern, as optimistic I am. It is a concern late in it. It's like even in the Celtics game, when we were up, they locked down. Like they realized we don't want to lose this game. Um, led by Marcus Smart, they started locked on every. We had Brunson, and every shot we were getting was tough. We would get some lucky things here and there, quickly bailed us out. But um, yeah, I mean, this could bring me into the next guy that we 
talk about just about every week is RJ Barrett. And I don't think RJ Barrett is that guy. Alex, I'm not really sure where you are on RJ. I'm kind of really sadly very low on him. He actually had an okay night last night. It started off great, but what he does is he shoots himself out of good nights. He ended up 10 of 24. So what did you kind of see from RJ? And what is your kind of overall RJ thoughts? So at la- last year, me and Mike, uh, Bad Weather fans, we had an episode where we yelled at each other a lot. And, you know, admittingly, I had a couple glasses of wine before I got on the podcast. <laughs> but Mike really pushed my buttons because Randall was looking like a star last year. And I was calling him a star. And Mike's like, he's not a star. And then we just kind of argued about it. It's like RJ or Randall. What'd you say? Well, I'm sorry. RJ, RJ or Randall? RJ Barrett. I thought okay, he was, Randall, yeah. he was yeah. playing like one last year. He, he was like, give me the fucking ball. Get out of my way. I'm getting my buckets. Yep. You know what I mean? And he looked like that guy last year. This year, I think with Jalen Brunson, as, as great as Brunson's been, it's kind of pushed Randall to that third spot, and he gets the ball, and he kind of presses. And his field goal percentage has actually improved from last season, which a lot of people don't realize. You know, it's all negative, 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 but it's actually gotten better, which is not great still anyway, but still, it's gotten better. He, I think, I thought he had star potential last year. I think right now I'm looking at it like at the borderline all-star level talent, fringe all-star kind of maybe once or twice in his career. He could be that. He's going to be a 10-year, 15-year starter for the Knicks, hopefully, if they can do that. And at, at the very least, that's okay. That doesn't mean that we need yeah. to trade him. That doesn't mean that we need to just dump him. That's what the old Knicks did, the Isaiah Thomas Knicks. That's what the old, you know, since 2000, that's what the Knicks have been doing. A guy's not that good. Let's just trade him. And then, you know, like a Channing Fry. oh, let's, we, let's get rid of this guy. You know, I didn't like him anyway when he was here, and they had David Lee, I understand, and they got Zach Randolph, whatever. You didn't, there was no room for him, but he became money from three. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you need a big who can shoot a three. Like, oh, damn, wish we had one. Well, you had one. <laughs> you know, you'd trade an A. You know, I wish we had a big that can be, be defensive. And then you don't, you could have had one. You had Shumpert. You needed the wing defender. You trade him for nothing. And then you need one. You know, so you might as well just keep RJ Barrett, and you have your starting three or two, and, and you're good. And and that's it. And, and, and again, that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, I think we got to get out of this habit of just trading guys to trade them. You know, when it comes to some, you know, I don't want to bring it back to Randall again, but when it comes to somebody like Randall, he showed me last year who he really is and up and down in his career. And it's the only second time he's going to be in the playoffs. And the first time he was there, he got embarrassed. So I'm at the point where I'd be a hypocrite if last year I'm like, you got to trade him. I defended him for most of the year, but once at a certain point after all the actions, and then he got a fan kicked out in like in Orlando mm-hmm. or something, I was like, all right, that's enough. This guy's soft. This this guy can't handle it. He's he's totally ruined. He's got to go. And now that and, and once his, everyone's like, wait for his value to come up. Now his value's up, and now you don't want to trade him because his value's mm-hmm. up. So you can't be have it play it both ways. You know what I'm saying? Like last night with that's the Hornets. What we do? <laughs> what, what, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said that's what we do. We play it both. Ways. That's what we do. <laughs> of course, yeah. of course. But last like with the Hornets, you're like, oh, the Hornets are nothing. They're a pushover team, and then you're gonna excuse it after the game and say, well, yeah. they were just tired. Like what? Like you can't yeah. do both things. You know. They just underestimated the talent on the Hornets. And the Hornets, yes, their record tells a different tale. You didn't see that last night where the Knicks shot terribly from the floor. I mean, both RJ, Randall, and quickly combined for two for 17 shooting in that fourth quarter. Like, they just did not show up. Miles McBride was, like, one of the only guys who actually played a good game last night, if not the only guy. So, listen, if some guys off the bench are going to take it seriously, then fine. They should be playing more in a game where Jalen Brunson's not playing. But if those top guys just go into a game like whatever, uh, RJ Barrett, I'm gonna throw up 24 shots. Let's see what happens. Like that's not a winning mindset. And I listen. I'm. I just don't want to like harp too much on this point of like, oh, Nick's bad, bad, Nick's bad. Like they lost. Okay. Like we'll see what happens from now. But like you can't look at one game and be like, okay, well this is the end of the world. I understand they won eight in a row earlier this season and then lost five in a row. But that that remains to be seen. 
And listen, RJ needs to play better, but I think you hit the nail on the head that RJ is, is a fringe all-star talent. And for years, people have been hyping him up to be this, you know, number two, number three on a championship team. He's a number four on a championship team, I think you could say. I think he's a complimentary piece. A four on a championship team, like, if we can get someone else, that would be incredible. Have to have R.J. Barrett as the fourth, but he's just not that guy. You're completely right Wiggins. about that. Let him be Andrew Wiggins. Let him let, let be Andrew Exactly, Wiggins. yeah. <laughs> the, the issue is he could be the fourth talented guy in an all-star on a championship team, but he's not – playing like that type of basketball he's he's the only guy i would say of the only nick i can remember that's too aggressive or uh talented player that's too aggressive because he shot himself out of a good game last night in the beginning in the first half it was coming to him easily he actually had a couple of good dishes one really good dish to mitch and he was kind of letting it come to him and then he does this thing where he kind of hunts fouls um he's too talented mm -hmm. to hunt fouls it's it if you watch closely after almost every drive he's talking to the ref and he wasn't like that player earlier in his career. He's starting to, you know, because he is frustrated. And there's, mm -hmm. you know, we have Hart and now the emergence of Quitney and Grimes. Playing time down the stretch in, in playoffs is going to be interesting. But um, I, 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 I mostly agree that you can't have it both ways. I am just a little bit lower on him than the average fan. I ooh, I don't I don't think that I don't think you're lower than the average. I think most fans would probably I'm be lower. on your I'll level. I think. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Dude. I think a lot of, listen, a lot of Knicks fans are pessimists. Like a lot of Knicks fans are like me. Like that's, mm. that's just like the reality of the situation. Like Knicks fans do not. And like, this is what makes us special is the fact that when we're good, you're not going to hear any of us shut up about it. Like I'm going around telling everyone and their mothers, like, let's go Knicks. Like, right. I'm proud it's to be a Knicks fan, move. but when that's they lose, then <laughs> when they lose, you know, like either way, you're going to know how Knicks fans feel. That's the right. one thing. We're not right. a fair weather fans. No pun intended there. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because you saw how it was going back to my point is him. Like when he has a third option, it's tough for him, but he, I don't know if he's good enough to be a second option is that over the Celtics and heat game, you saw it. I mean, not the, the heat game, the Celtics and the Hornets game, you saw it. RJ was getting the ball more. He looked more comfortable. He was more aggressive and he was scoring more points. And, and, you know, that's without Brunson. And I know Brunson is great, but like, that's why I wanted to get rid of, rid of Randall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause he would fit next to Obi more, but who knows how good Obi is because they they bury him as if he doesn't exist, which is mind boggling. It's not like he was drafted by the previous regime like Milikina, you know. But it's 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 insane. I, I still have hope for Frank, but um, <laughs> the thing with Obi and he's been up and down. But a night, and I don't want to get on Tibbs because same thing we've been saying. I was on Tibbs earlier in the season. Now you have to give him his, his flowers. But it seemed like last night was a night you know, coming off this double overtime emotional game, Randall clearly, I don't know if he was tired or just wasn't into it, but wasn't having his game. Obi knocked down a big three. Deuce was pretty good. I would have liked to see the bench get a little bit more run yesterday. Yeah, but Tibbs doesn't do that. He doesn't, he does, he's too stubborn. He does his own thing. And that's the biggest problem. That's why you're never going to win as Tim is with Tibbs as your coach. You're going to win, you go in 45, 50 games, and then you're yeah. going to fizzle out in the playoffs because you're going to get injured. Look at the guys on the Bulls. Luau Dang was done at 30. Joe Kim Noah was done at 30. These guys, only Fair Jimmy point. Butler survived. You know, Derek's knees are dust. You know like, it's a fair point like that kind yeah. of stuff catches up to you when you're right. playing 40 40 minutes a game for five straight years and julius like julius ran plays almost 40 minutes right. every single night right I, and Obi barely she's yeah. the floor i mean you, you got yeah. it you got to differentiate like if there's a game where he plays 30 minutes fine and like he right. doesn't believe in load management i don't believe in load management but yeah but you you can when it's you know when you're playing 40 minutes a game like julius right. randall is going to lose his legs in the playoffs 
If if he does not miss one game, he's going to need to miss a few games at least at the end of the regular season. Like it's just it happened, it happened two not years a good situation. What happened in the series? It, it I mean, I mean to right. be to yeah. be fair, they had absolutely no other weapons on offense. He was the only player. I mean, they had Reggie Bullock who was hitting shots, and yeah, Derrick Rose was, was their only guard. Derrick Rose was the same the as the regular guard. season. That was the same yeah. as the regular season. Tibbs also panicked. He didn't bench Alfred Payton the whole year, and then in the playoffs, he changed the, the rotation. I Game mean, two, you take him off yeah, all together, yeah. put him as the backup. You don't have to take him off the floor completely. Like that was like he panicked. You know, he pulled the Mike Woodson, the same, you know, starting Novak in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Same deal. You know, so that that was mind boggling. That's the thing with Tibbs. He panics and, and he does things and he's a senior citizen. And is he really going to be the guy that's going to be on the team for the next five, 10 years? No. So why why are we playing this game? But you know what? They're winning. So you just got to ride the wave, like I said, and we'll see what happens as the season unfolds. And if they lose in the first round, it's the same thing that we all expected anyway. So, I mean, you know, they've literally been riding, like you said, that eight-game winning streak in December and then the nine-game winning streak this one. They've been 500 basketball team other than that the entire season. People mm-hmm. are laughing at me for saying that too. And I'm like, but it's a fact. <laughs> it's not like, you know, they've literally been riding the waves. So Yeah, but like there's so many ways you look at it. I, I was listening yeah. to Bill Simmons. And by the way, one of the most fun things about this Knicks uh, run is just like, and, and some people are the opposite. Some people say, like, national media hasn't been talking about us all year. They shouldn't. Now, I love it. Like, Bill Simmons had Ryan Rissillo on. They did a whole segment. Mm-hmm. I love that. But he was saying in the last three months, I forget what the exact records were. The Knicks have a better record than the Celtics. Full three months. That's not a, no, a small yeah. sample. That's not a yeah. small sample size. So, you know, you want to take out the win streaks, you can look at it a lot of different ways. And the last three months, the Knicks are playing really good ball. And they might say something about the Celtics. They, uh, you know, they, they got some – some troubles there different coach this year you know people forget about that that was a big deal you know and and when you go to the finals and you lose that takes a really toll a toll on your bodies and your minds and it's like you did all that and you didn't get anything you had no off season the the people talk about that all the time when you lose in the finals it's a big big you know mental hurdle to get over in the next year so we'll see and then you cut and then you come back with a different coach and there's no continuity from the season before the players are there but the coach wasn't the coach was out sleeping with the entire team like (laughs) every every staffer so Whatever. I mean, I, I think that there is a lot to be said about the Knicks having the best record since they changed to a nine-man sure. rotation. I think, like, listen, like, if you're going to look at one thing, it's that. It's that the Knicks are playing good basketball. And right, right. I think that that's one thing we can all agree on. But, Alex, really appreciate you hopping on the show. You can Thanks, check out man. his podcast, Bad Weather Fans. Wherever we get you podcasts, Alex, really appreciate it. For Brett, I'm Bryce saying goodbye. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Take care.